Hello everyone and welcome back to Eating Salads. It's me again, Austin Crosby, and I need to give you a little update because if you recall, yesterday's episode was uh, I don't know, I don't know a good verb. There was a lot of thunder and lightning that I commented on. So that being said, it continued, and I think that we had the most rain in a single night since we moved here throughout the night. I'm sure there was also hail, there was wind, and there was nonstop thunder. Um, and when I, I, It was enough to wake you up and keep you up. Definitely glad to have new roof overhead because, uh, yeah, that was one that probably would have leaked, right? It was a crazy... It was a crazy storm. In fact, uh, there, I had a long talk with Casey about it on our, our walk today. The, uh, I don't know, you know, some stuff becomes like reoccurring threads in your life, and all of a sudden everyone's talking about certain concepts. And my go-to with this is always how in the 90s people were obsessed with uh, quicksand. The idea of quicksand was always in movies and cartoons, etc., and then it just left the zeitgeist in our childhood. Well, flooding has been kind of like that lately. Um, there's been wild floods in St. Louis. The other day I was watching uh, my friend JT was streaming Farm Simulator. And he was complaining that his Samsung refrigerator's ice machine was broken. And I mentioned that we never hooked up our ice maker or water in the fridge because that's not worth the risk of it springing a leak, which they often do. And he said that when he was a kid in his home, the ice maker leaked and they came home one day to water rushing out of their door, their front door. And they had to have everything insurance redone, etc. And, uh, his wife, and I know him through, he's my friend's brother-in-law, basically. So I also know his sister-in-law. Their home, when they were kids, was ravaged by the 2010 Nashville floods. And if you look up Nashville floods, there's a website, a .gov website, with satellite imagery and user-submitted photos, or user-submitted, you know what I'm saying, it's like a museum page from community photos and press photos, etc. Well, we talked about that. I went and looked up just the other week. I was looking at all these flood footages. And where we live, there was a historic flood that people always reference and we're still paying for on the water bill. And then when we go up to Boulder, Boulder has a crazy flood memorial obelisk that uh, I think I've, I surely talked about on the podcast before because you you go there and you're like, wow, the water went how high? Like the volume of water to go that high. And to me, when you're up in the mountains already, how could the water be coming from so, you know what I'm saying? Like you're already at the top. I would understand that much water at the base, but at the top? So... Anyway, 
we've been talking about flooding. What I really appreciated in what we were discussing on our walk was that now, as opposed to having to go to some paywall newspapers article about it the next day, you wake up the morning of and you can go on the Colorado subreddit and you can see user submitted real time photos and videos in high definition of the community experiencing storms and floods more often than not, right? You'll see someone's backyard footage of hail hitting. You'll see multiple people filming the constant thunder and lightning in the distance. And uh, other people, like the path that we ride our scooters on, I recently, this morning, I saw a photo of it flooded up to the bridge, which we normally ride underneath. So, kind of crazy. Also, St. Louis has had insane flooding. And I think Kentucky, too. So, all around, all around the country, we've had these crazy floods. And, uh, yeah. It was also quite eerie. It's the 25-year anniversary of that crazy flood that happened here and then we had this wild storm on the same day of the year um anyway wild stuff truly what else uh in good news it seems that the um soulless joe manchin democrat from kentucky i believe has finally given way to negotiating with the Build Back Better bill. And it looks like there will be re... Okay, multiple... I think... Don't quote me on any of this. Look into it for yourself. They are restarting the electric vehicle tax credit. But with new verbiage, it used to be that any electric vehicle for sale in America got $7,500 off. But then once that auto manufacturer had sold 200,000 electric vehicles, they no longer qualified. So much of the early electric vehicle entrepreneurs, they've already run out of their credits. And now people who drug their feet and even fought tooth and nail to not make EVs are the ones who still have the credits. So... That's good that they're reinstituting it. Now it seems, though, this must have been the part of the negotiation, and I'm I'm interested to see how it plays out. I'm not really bothered by it. To qualify for the credits, a certain percentage of the vehicle's materials have to be mined or come from the United States, which I think is fine if the supply is there. And eventually it will have to be there because those requirements increase yearly so that if you want to still be getting that EV tax credit as a manufacturer in a few years, you're, you have to be using pretty much all U.S.-based battery components, and it has to be assembled in America, which is fine. I'm cool with that. Uh, off the top of my head, I suspect vehicles like uh, Volkswagens being built in Chattanooga. Tesla will probably quickly adapt to fit the criteria if they don't already. Rivian and Ford will all benefit. There's also different require like there's a limit of your income. It's for people who make under $150,000 a year individually can claim the credit as well as um, 
the a sedan or whatever like a regular car has to cost under $55,000 and a truck or an SUV has to cost under $80,000 which is pretty good. I think that that's most relevant models fall under that criteria unless hyperinflation comes along and makes them no longer, you know. By the way, okay, I want to say before I get into this, the other big bump is that they now are supposedly increasing the solar and battery install incentive to 30% federal tax credit. When we did ours, it was 26%. So again, good news. You know, I'm not salty about that at all. Again, because of hyperinflation. So that's what I want to say is the concept of market creep. I watched an IQ squared debate today from a few years ago about the the prompt was, and this is the name of the debate, between you and I, the English language has gone to the dogs, I believe, meaning that just English is now um, too informal and it's bad. And I don't agree. I'm against the prompt. Um, Anyway, part of what really strikes me is that oftentimes there's this like bourgeoisie intelligentsia class that uses language against people. They do the same thing with uh, statistics. They use statistics at this point are just a tool for lying to the masses who don't understand math and graphs and terms. A lot of words are that way too. It's just a way to trick stupid people. So enter the concept of market creep. Market creep is the way I'm using it right now. The idea that the bottom tax bracket, oh, sorry, market, it's not market creep. I always make that mistake. It's bracket creep. That the bottom tax bracket now will have less people in it due to inflation. So when tax rates were envisioned and implemented, the brackets that you would fall into with any income class were in in a sense represented a different person. So if you go, okay, you make under 30,000 a year, you make under $25,000 a year, that used to be kind of normal. Now it's poverty, right? And so on. So that the top tax bracket is at $250,000, let's say. Whereas to be honest, I mean, you're really well, you probably should be really well off if you're making $250,000 a year. But that's not very wealthy. Nowadays, that's like middle class. I'm sorry to put put it that way. Like you're really middle class if you're making between fifty and two hundred fifty thousand dollars. So maybe that should just be one bracket. You know, maybe the bottom bracket shouldn't be zero to ten thousand dollars or whatever it is, but should instead be zero to fifty thousand dollars. And then the next bracket should be $50,000 to $150,000. And the next bracket should be $150,000 to $500,000 and so on. And you could have less brackets, but what's really going to eat people alive with, in regards to taxes and inflation is this idea of market 
sorry again, I always make the mistake, bracket creep. And uh, it's just something that they never tell you about. They'll distract you with things like mass shootings or, um, you know, your, your consumer price index or these terms that behind the scenes, they're always changing the definition of. And then they'll never teach you the terms that are actively impacting the economy in real ways. Like what would they gain from a conversation on, on bracket creep? Nothing. And I've just, I don't know, maybe I'm not listening to enough of the right speeches by the right representatives or whatever, but I've just never heard that talked about to where if you would bring it up with anybody, they just are, I've never had anyone go like, wow, I've never thought of that before. That's so true. But I think that that's important. So anyway, guys, uh, ate a salad today. It was delicious Caesar salad with garbanzo, mushrooms, and tomatoes. Had, a, had one of those Nashville hot chicken pizzas from Walmart. Very spicy, very good. But on that note, I think I'm going to go hang out with Casey. So please stay safe. Come again tomorrow.